Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I'm back very quickly. Yes, because as you see, so many things are going on both inside and out of Pakistan, uh, which one way or the other do affect Pakistan as much as they affect other Muslims and other Muslim countries all over the world. As we know, the European countries, the countries that have developed themselves uh, thanks to the Islamic system, the Umayyad system that they borrowed, um, they seem to keep on forgetting their place in the world and they seem to forget their place in the system system when they try to um, misuse that freedom that the Islamic system has afforded them. Before that, these people did not even know what civilization was. Europe has been long in the dark ages uh, when the Islamic empire was the enlightened empire. And as we uh, have talked about this many times before in different ways, I mean, the uh, European countries were basically filled with the barbarians who were pirates and they had no sense of anything at all. Uh, education was a sin because that was the way they could control people whereas in Islam as we know education is an obligation enlightenment is an obligation and which is why the Islamic countries under the Islamic Empire uh, were the developed countries of their time and then Europe had to loot and plunder and sneak their way into these countries because they were such cowards that they couldn't even fight a war properly unlike the Muslims who whenever they fought wars they actually announced their intentions and then they went for war so they always gave their enemy time to prepare and uh, unlike the Europeans who were as I said cowards they had to sneak into countries through trade and uh, you know pretending that they were uh, going to do trade with those countries and they ended up uh, you know um, implanting traitors and fifth columnists and then you know that is how they basically took over countries and they have failed miserably in whichever country they have left has ended up divided or broken down or worse off than before unlike the countries that were left by the uh, Muslim emperors, uh, those countries were actually going through their golden period. So uh, when we go past that and we see that these European countries who now claim to be civilized, they claim, uh, they claim credit for all those things that were initially actually founded, invented or discovered by the Muslims way before them in the medieval times. Uh, but because they, you know, the, uh, Europe and America, as we know, the, the, the white man is known to change and rewrite history to suit him. That is why you will see that many accomplishments that were made by women in their time are also uh, accredited to men very falsely. Also, many so-called famous fathers of this and fathers of that in the scientific world in Europe and America basically Europe, America came way later. So um, they are again given credit for works that they have stolen or plagiarized from their students or from previous scholars from the Muslim world or from, you know, uh, it, it really d doesn't matter. But the, at the end of the day, it, the fact remains that they were plagiarized. Now, moving on to all that, uh, the whole point here of this criticism, this, this very Im uh, important uh, you know, reflection upon history is that as you know, as we say, people don't change. And when people don't change, that means societies don't change. When you say that they have borrowed a system when, uh, or when I say they've borrowed a system, it's because when you borrow something, it's not yours. It's not yours until you completely make it yours. If you're not completely making it yours, it means uh, your mindset still has to adapt to that. The fact that European countries have followed Islam to the T in their everyday lives and in their uh, legal and the legal, social and welfare aspect. But the fact that the people have not actually 
you know not actually become part of that system uh, mentally speaking that mentally they still belong to that dark age that they are coming from they still belong to that era of ignorance um it can be seen by the way the people behave in europe for example uh, if we look at sweden norway denmark you know holland and stuff these are supposed to be switzerland they're supposed to be neutral countries they're supposed to be countries who have worked for the interests of their own people to such an extent uh without getting involved in geopolitics so that they could solely concentrate on their own development which was something i always loved about these countries but the fact that they claim to be you know um enlightened enough to facilitate their people and enlightened enough to give full freedom to their people but uh, and yet they have the ignorance to attack uh muslims every now and then and call that freedom i really don't get it if you remember before it was denmark uh, denmark uh insulted the prophet muhammad peace be upon him and then now it is sweden that is burnt the quran have you ever heard of muslims burning the bible have you ever heard of muslims burning churches down have you ever heard of muslims insulting jesus no but you will hear hindus and christians and jews these three uh religions you will always hear about them uh being extremists and fanatics um you will never hear about a muslim being fanatic enough to go and burn a temple down or go and burn uh, a church down but you will hear of incidents in india where hindus have burned to one of the oldest masjids um and then you will go to jerusalem and you will see what what was done to masjid al aqsa by the jews and in europe also you will see how the fanatic extremist christians have behaved towards jews which are which is basically germany nazi germany and you will see how these very christians behaved towards muslims and still are behaving towards muslims so if you look at it uh, it's very clear who the terrorists are uh, terrorism uh, and extremism has always stemmed from either hindus or christians or jews and these are incidents that have always uh, made global news and so recently even um the how it affects pakistan and pakistan's uh uh politics again is that as we know imran khan has been the only man who has been very very vocal um in his um in his speeches he has been very candid in his approach towards those people who insult the prophet towards towards those people who insult islam towards the uh, extremism of and fanaticism of the hindu community uh, in kashmir of the jewish community in palestine and of the uh, christian community in the muslim world uh, and he has been um, and we're talking here on on the basically government levels he's been very vocal about how the governments have been acting um towards the muslim community and how has it affected as we know america has always america was basically the one behind the whole um uh, anti islam uh project they were the ones that created the islamophobia all over the world all over the western world and that is simply because america wanted to wage wars in iraq and in iran and afghanistan and in all the muslim countries in africa and middle east because it wanted to help the the jews uh, who have created an illegal state israel in palestine 
and they wanted to help them create greater Israel. Just for that political agenda, this whole movement was made, this whole movement against Muslims, because they know that in Islam, when one Muslim country is attacked, it becomes incumbent upon all Muslim countries to defend that country, and that is the form of jihad. And now the uh, the uh, this this incident again of burning the Quran. All there have been multiple incidents of burning the Quran by the Europeans. Have you ever seen Muslims go and burn their Bibles in return, or go and burn their churches in return? Have you ever seen Muslims uh, create riots? Have you ever seen them be violent? Have you ever seen them skin you people alive? Or have we ever asked you to apologize to us? Although actually you should, and we should ask you to apologize to us. The whole Christian community all over the world owes an apology to the Muslims based on the logic that was given um, on 9-11, which was a false flag operation done by President Bush himself, which was actually um, exposed by some of the senators and the ministers, both within the American Senate as as well as uh, in countries like Germany and uh, the European uh, intelligence communities and the uh, Turkish intelligence communities as well. They have all, with evidence, uh, proved that 9-11 was actually a charade, a false flag operation by President Bush for two main reasons. One, to approve the Surveillance Act, which meant that you would no longer have your privacy laws intact. And that meant that you would have CCTV cameras all over and that your privacy was no longer important. That meant uh, that the project uh, towards having America as a police state was on the move. That was, this was the first most important step for that. So just to achieve that and then to link Europe and America through that and then to use that all as an excuse to wage war so that they can loot and plunder resources from the Muslim countries which are still extremely rich. Not to mention that they needed to help Israel make greater Israel. So just for these worldly uh, personal benefits, these big uh, moves were made where lives were sacrificed because remember, for the governments of most of these nations, their people are just pawns. Their lives are not important. So it doesn't matter how many civilians need, can be lost in the name of politics. As long as they get what they need, they're OK with it. And uh, as we know, our illegal government, which is directly imported from America, has been going through the same thing. They've been following the same pattern. They have been killing people left, right, and center. They have been kidnapping people. They have been uh, you know, uh, barging into people's homes in the middle of the night. So you can see that this is a completely Western government in, in everything that it does. There is nothing uh, uh, Asian or nothing Islamic, at least, about this current government. And that is how you can easily see that they are uh, funded and backed and ordered by the American government, because it's the same pattern. And so um, Imran Khan, um, on Thursday, called for all the people of Pakistan to stage a protest after Friday prayers. And uh, this shows the power Imran Khan still has um, uh, over civilians, not in Pakistan, but all over the world. And it shows how the people will still respond to his call. As I said, people have always been waiting for his call. They still are always waiting for his call. Um, and as soon as he makes a call, everybody comes out. And uh, the government had to admit its, uh, its failure 
and it had to admit that it had no choice but to endorse Imran Khan because that was the only way. As you know, they say, if you can't beat them, join them. So that was the government's um, basically <laughs> uh, decision at the end of the day. The government was like, okay, we can't beat Imran Khan on this, so let's just join them. And so Shabazz Sharif suddenly decides to, uh, to once again try to steal credit from Imran Khan by declaring Friday uh, the Quran day. Or the day of the Quran. Uh, I mean, seriously, this is how you can see that these people are slaves of America because, like, how the American government is so quick to, uh, you know, um, create new narratives to suit them um, every time they fall down. You know, uh, whenever they find they realize how badly they're failing, that they suddenly pretend to switch sides and they change the narrative. You can see that in this U.S. imported government in Pakistan, where Shabazz Sharif had no choice, uh, and he would not openly admit his failure. So he decides to, you know, j pretend as if he is also calling for a protest when actually it is Imran Khan who called for the protest. People did not come out because of Shabazz Sharif; they came out because of Imran Khan. Now, back to Europe. I think Europe keeps on and on proving to the world how uncivilized, uneducated, and ignorant the people of Europe still are. I mean, what's the use of borrowing the Islamic system and what's the use of, of uh, borrowing the Umayyad system, both legal, welfare, uh, and social? Um, what's the point of instilling the Islamic system into your lives to make your lives better when you still have not instilled the core of that system, which is enlightenment, education, have an open mind, you know? So the very system that you are enjoying, the very system that made your country's progress to the extent that they have progressed today, that is this, that the, the founder of that system is who you are cursing. And the you are burning the Quran um, and you think that that is freedom. But if a Muslim uh, would, protest against it so that Muslim suddenly becomes the perpetrator or he becomes the terrorist. Well, actually, terrorists uh, are those people who, and terrorists, fanatics and extremists, um, these are those people who very simply, if you want to understand who or what they are, look at the Christians burning the Quran, look at the Hindus tearing down masjids mosques um, and that that is there there it is you you will immediately know what a terrorist is or what an extremist is or what a fanatic is um, you can only call a muslim a terrorist or an extremist or a fanatic if that muslim has indeed uh, gone up to you and killed you for being a christian or torn down your church or your synagogue in fact uh, in most muslim countries you will see that respect for all religions is actually most predominant as compared to european countries in america uh, and these western countries where actually there is no respect for any religion whatsoever and they're very proud of it you keep on calling yourself secular when you don't even know that the secular system also basically stems from from the Islamic system because in the Islamic system there is a there is a law in Sharia that says that the Islamic law pertains only to practicing Muslims and those who are not Muslims within that Islamic country cannot be uh, charged uh, under Islamic law and thus there has to be a secular law this is in the Quran this is how the Prophet uh, uh, when he sort of 
implemented the whole system, the, the legal system, then this is how he did it. So there are always two systems working in parallel to each other in every Muslim country. You have a secular legal system and you have the Sharia legal system. And that is, again, what is borrowed by the Western countries. You need to go and learn real history to know where you are today and why you are where you are to today and where it all comes from. Um, I and uh, it. I don't think it is. Uh, in, it, it is any longer an excuse uh, that only the legal uh, organizations and the law enforcement organizations and the political organizations of these countries are aware of the fact that they are following the Islamic legal system or the Islamic welfare system or the Islamic social system. Um, I think that they should start admitting it to their civilians so that their civilians should also know that they are actually living on a system that they have borrowed from the very people who they are abusing and the very people who they are terrorizing, the very people whose Quran they're burning, the very people whose mosques they're tearing down. But we've got to give it to Imran Khan, you know. Um, before Imran Khan rose to... Uh, I mean, before he was uh, Prime Minister of Pakistan, he was already very active in human rights and all over the world. Uh, internationally, he was known for his, not just his uh, charity projects, but for his human rights-based projects. Remember, he was the first one to highlight the fact that America had illegally detained a Pakistani female, Afia Siddiqui, and not just that, but kidnapped her kids as well, and then vanished them, which with great difficulty, they were found one by one by her sister and then he was the one uh, who worked with the uh, journalists and human rights organizations uh, in order to help Afia Siddiqui but our government then was these same people who are now and they worked with the American government to keep Afia over there and they still are working with the American government to just keep Afia Siddiqui over there. She has become practically mentally half insane I think. I don't even think she's normal anymore. The way she has been uh, damaged mentally and physically, the way she's been treated by the Americans. Um, if you remember Raymond Davis, the CIA agent um, he uh, ran wild in Pakistan. He killed innocent civilians. And this was a good time for us. If, if Imran Khan was at the government at that time, if it was his government, he would have exchanged Raymond Davis for Afia Siddiqui. But because, again, the government at that time was American stouts, their, their minions, their fifth columnist that we have now, um, they very quietly just gave uh, Raymond Davis up when his own uh, government was powerless to save him in his own country when he committed another act of murder um, in America. So, so much for that. And then, uh, if you remember, Imran Khan was the one who forced the world to sit up and uh, he very blatantly uh, pointed fingers at the Western governments that have been working with fifth columnists in all the different countries that including Pakistan, which had uh, fifth columnists within their governments and how they were protected by the uh, Western governments, especially the UK and the American governments, how their money was allowed to be taken out, how they had secret accounts, how they had a safe haven, both in America and Britain, and how the people, the, uh, the civilians of those countries were made to pay in the form of taxes for all that money, all those loans, all those bribes that were given and taken.
the fact that they endorsed corruption um, and protected that corrupt money, um, the fact that uh, that other people had to pay for that. This was something he pointed out, which was, if you remember, much applauded in, in the United Nations. Also, it was Imran Khan who put Kashmir back on the map by constantly forcing the world to acknowledge the fact that Kashmir, Indian occupied Kashmir, um, you know, that there was, that it was supposed to be independent. It was supposed to be independent. There was a charter. Why was that charter violated? Why is Kashmir still under Indian control? Why are the governments, uh, you know, not doing anything about it? Why, more to the point, why is the United Nations not doing anything about it? He was the one who forced the world to sit up and talk about Kashmir. Um, he was the one who highlighted Kashmir to such an extent that it became a problem for India and it became a problem for uh, India as a market in the global world. And again, if you remember, because that does not align with American interests, that is one of the reasons as well. Because now if he would pick Kashmir's issue up, obviously he would be picking Palestine's issue up as well, which he had. Pakistan once more became very active and very vocal in its pro-Palestinian views because of Imran Khan. Imran Khan also activated the OIC. Um, here's a little bit of history in case nobody knows. But the OIC was actually created by Pakistan in the first instance. It was Pakistan that put together all these Muslim countries and formed OIC. And then Pakistan gave the, uh, you know, the, you can say, presidentship or the chairmanship to Saudi that Saudi would preside or head over the OIC. Um, but uh, Saudi has been uh, completely useless for a very long time, as we know. In, in matters concerning Muslim countries and Muslim rights all over the world. And that is why it lost trust amongst Muslim countries. There's major, a huge majority of the Muslim countries actually do not have any trust in Saudi because Saudi is a major ally of the America, uh, the American government. And because American government has used and scapegoated Saudi so many times, despite the fact that Saudi is even richer than America on so, so many levels. But there you go. Obviously, it has a lot to do with the fact that the original uh, royal family of Saudi is no longer the one ruling Saudi, and these are the uh, th this family is was planted by the British uh, royal family. So there is that, which is why the people of uh, of Saudi also still do not really acknowledge the royal family. So it has a lot to do with that as well, uh, because they have a Jewish background. So they're not very well relied or uh, accepted or appreciated. The only country that has given Saudi a lot of respect really is Pakistan. And that is, again, not because of the government or because of the people, but it's because of the, you know, the, the Kaaba and the Masjid al-Nabwi. The two most sacred places are in Saudi. And that is why. So we are not exactly, uh, it's not like we're protecting protecting the government of Saudi or protecting the people of Saudi we are basically there uh, we are basically trying to be the shield that could protect the uh, the two sacred um, locations in Saudi and because of that, uh, uh, you know, OIC has been pretty much useless for a very long time, never had much standing. But again, Imran Khan, when he uh, became prime minister of Pakistan, 
he reactivated OIC to such an extent that he gave them a voice all over again and he, you know, he made them to use their power because OIC is actually even more powerful than the United Nations. If you look at the number of, not just the number of countries involved, but the, uh, if you look at the financial background of each of these countries, because most of the Muslim countries even today are some of the richest countries in the world and extremely powerful in their own right. So reactivating OIC was something that, um, thankfully, we can still see OIC very active, despite the fact that um, for 14 months now, Imran Khan is out of the picture. But uh, he has stimulated them to such an extent that they have protested vehemently against India recently when India made uh, very insulting remarks, offensive remarks against Islam and yeah, India really has no right to because where Dubai is going against the uh, Islamic spirit really and allowing them to uh, to build temples um, and on the uh, while India is going around destroying mosques, you know uh, this this is something that uh, that you know uh, basically made Dubai the a very negative. Uh, it gave a very negative impression to the rest of the Muslim world where Dubai was concerned that on one side India is uh, mistreating Muslims, they are committing genocide, they are um, you know acting as Nazis against Muslims and the fact that they have been terrorizing uh, Muslims, the Gujarat massacre is still fresh in everybody's minds which is which was done by the current Prime Minister Modi of India and then the ongoing uh, genocide in Kashmir uh, and then the uh, you know the burning of the mosques and the tearing down of the of old really really old mosques so uh, and then on the other side you have Dubai welcoming them that yes you can build your temple in Dubai I mean so so you can imagine how the Muslim world felt about Dubai. Dubai was uh, basically uh, unofficially ostracized by the Muslim world uh, for this stupidity on its part that instead of standing by the Muslims and standing for the Muslims, it is actually inviting uh, these same Hindu extremists into its country and saying, yes, don't worry, you can make a temple. But again, as I said, this is the difference you see between Muslim countries and uh, non-Muslim countries. Muslim countries respect religion because that is what we're taught to do we're taught to respect religion you will see a lot of old ancient religions still preserved in islamic countries but you will not see them in other non-muslim countries um and then we have this uh oh, we have this incident of, uh, if you remember, uh, the Denmark incident is a pretty old incident, but it's still fresh in the minds of everybody else. So the Swedish incident really did not help. Um, the fact that OIC uh, protested against it and demanded um, that something be done, and uh, the fact that uh, the letters were also sent to the United Nations uh, that you know that this needs to be addressed. At least the Swedish foreign minister uh, realized the impact, especially when France is being uh, is literally burning right now because they murdered a teenage uh, Muslim boy who belonged to an uh, you know who is who is of an Arabian descent. So you just sparked fire, really. You just threw more oil into uh, the fire, and, and it's, it's just spreading. So Sweden, I think this was a very very uh, stupid very um, very 
uneducated, very unenlightened, very barbaric uh, act on part of Sweden and very uh, irresponsible, I would say, politically speaking, as well as globally, religiously speaking, very, very irresponsible of the Swedish people to at this point burn the Quran when the whole world is ready to wage war right now, when the non-Muslim community even of France is right now waging war against its own government for killing a Muslim kid. So I think that was really a, a very bad gaff by the Swedish. And I think it, the, the, it, it finally hit the Swedish government uh, that they could no longer you know, justify it on, because this is a hate crime. This is a hate crime and this is a crime that incites violence and it is a crime that can incite war. And it is a crime uh, that, you know, that uh, it is an extremist act of terrorism by the Swedish per, uh, civilians. So the Swedish government has realized that they could no longer cover it up and that they do have to do something about it. And that is why the foreign minister was, uh, you know, was obliged to apologize to the Muslim community all over the world. Although, to be honest, I would say the Americans still owe the Muslim world an apology for 9-11 and for the charade, uh, and for Iraq, and for Afghanistan, and uh, for um, Syria, and for Libya, you know, and for Egypt. They owe us apologies for Palestine, for Kashmir as well, yes, because the American government has been actively involved in the genocide committed by the Indian government in Indian-occupied Kashmir. So, yes, the Americans owe us a lot of apology, uh, a lot of apologies, I would say. That needs to be, uh, that is something that the Muslim community will never forget. And the Americans must take responsibility for that. Similarly, Europe now has realized that it needs to take responsibility for its highly irresponsible, highly unenlightened, uneducated, Ill illiterate acts of uh, terrorism, of extremism, of fanaticism. Um, what what good did you, I mean, seriously, what good is it borrowing the Islamic system and gaining all that freedom and, you know, uh, th th this is a freedom that only and only the Islamic system could have given anybody in the world of equal rights for women, for children, for old people, everybody getting their rights, everybody getting justice. You have borrowed the Islamic system, but you haven't yet uh, understood the, the, you know, you haven't yet changed your mentality according to the Islamic system. That's so pathetic. What's the point, really, of having such a great system in your country, of borrowing such a great system to sustain yourselves when mentally you're still back in the dark ages? You still haven't come out of the dark ages. Now, as I said, uh, the governments are aware that they are implementing the Sharia system, but the civilians are not. So again, I would, I would re reiterate, I think if the governments of these countries uh, do not want such incidents to continue, such incidents of fanaticism, extremism and terrorism, if they do not want their uneducated, illiterate, ignorant citizens to continue with these incidents, I think they should start informing them uh, about the system that they are following. Um, you know, they should, the European governments should, I think, start drilling it into their civilians 
that they have been following the Umayyad system. The American government also needs to be drilling it into its citizens that it is following the Muhammadan system because that is what they basically call it. If you talk to American establishment or American government, they will tell you that they are implementing the Muhammadan system. And that is why, again, I will remind you there is a plaque in front of the Supreme Court um, in, uh, dedicating, uh, in dedication to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, as the greatest lawmaker in the world. And on the other side, you will also have plaques of, of dedication to the Prophet Muhammad in legal circles and in certain um, areas of uh, legal um, buildings, even in Europe, like in England as well. So I think they need to inform and, uh, and uh, educate and make aware their citizens of the of this simple fact that hello the system that you are insulting the person that you are offending the people the community that you are um uh, you know uh, initiating violence and hate speech towards um it is their system that we are following you know so i think you need to start making that clear i've said this uh, a few times before but i do think that it's time that the governments need to make their civilians aware of this fact so in all of this, what can we see? We can see that the world is burning. America wanted to initiate war. Um, the world resisted for a very long time, but finally America is getting its way, first by using Ukraine to attack Russia, then by trying to enter Pakistan as well, which Imran Khan did not allow them to, so they ousted Imran Khan. And now they're trying to, they have had backdoor secret agreements um, with this illegal government that they have planted here to give them bases so that they can use Pakistan to continue to wage war um, and they have also uh, made deals with this government to stop the CPEC development completely so that America can completely take over Pakistan and cut off China and America and make a, and cut off the whole block formation. America was very active in cutting off the African block formation as well. America has also finally uh, superficially increased the dollar rate by uh, forcing Europe into the repercussions of the war, the Ukraine war. Um, and so euro and pounds have taken a hit compared to the US dollars, which, as I said, is, is they're seeing artificial rise in value. But then, you know, one could argue pounds has also always been, uh, uh, you know, superficially uh, in rise because the if you look at the actual value of pounds, it can never be as much as it uh, may, as it you know makes itself out to be. So the, this is always remember the value of pounds and the value of U.S. dollars has always been superficial. So it's time for the uh, for the world to finally get rid of the U.S. dollars, which is what again the African bloc tried to do, the Asian bloc also in which Imran Khan was uh, working with China and Russia and all. We were also trying to basically what we had done is that we had started trading in local currencies. Um, and that is, again, something that went against American interest. So I think it's time for America to self-destruct too. Um, and like how a country like Pakistan could not uh, exist for long because of its own people's, uh, you know, uh, callousness or laziness, we can say complacency, as well as the uh, uh, lack of moral values 
the lack of of uh, right and wrong the distinction the the uh, the to be able to the lack of uh, distinction between right and wrong and honesty and dishonesty and dignity and uh, you know uh, slavery self respect self worth so there all these things you know they they're basically behind what pakistan is today and similarly in america too because there's too much rot now in america like in pakistan so america is also reaching two words an implosion um i think it is speeding its own self destruction it's speeding its own implosion by the steps that it's taking um you know these uh, criminal steps that it's taking waging wars all over the world so uh where we are today is that again the whole world is burning uh france is burning pakistan is in chaos america is in chaos um europe is in chaos and uh the neutral countries who were supposed to focus on development of their own people development of their own civilization they have developed a lot but unfortunately they have failed miserably when it comes to the um the self development that is development of personality development of mentality development of people enlightenment so i think that is where now these scandinavian countries that is where they need to focus uh denmark holland um sweden switzerland they need to now focus on uh self improvement on personality on character development um on you know on mental development that is what they need to focus on now because they have pretty much accomplished uh, most of their worldly developments uh but when it comes to the actual enlightenment of the brain of their people uh that they need to now work on they need to focus on that because people over there are still highly ignorant very surprisingly so even though they've made education free people are still very very ignorant maybe you need to add a few courses in your uh, in your education you know well this is it from me for now and this is me signing out for the hafiz